Let him know you're grateful for him. Come on, let him know you can do anything. I really do believe that. It's not just lyrics in a song for me. I believe that, Lord, you can do anything, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Is there anyone that is thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. I am thankful to be in my old stomping grounds. Amen. Many years I was here for youth presidency stuff back in the day, but I'm back here uh, to preach the word of the Lord today, amen, and I also went to college at now known Urshan, back in the day, Gateway, amen, amen, thankful, so very thankful uh, to have my sweet, beautiful wife uh, with me today, Ginger Gilbert. And I just want to make mention, I don't know, I probably so, I know many uh, people that were here at the time let me know that people prayed for my wife and my family uh, during her battle with leukemia. Uh, and I just want to say thank you very much if you were one of those individuals that prayed and helped. She is doing absolutely wonderful, as you can see, and I'm so very thankful for that. Amen. Praise God. And I am honored to be here, stated that past couple of days. Honored to be here um, on this Sunday morning. The hospitality has been absolutely wonderful, and I'm thankful. I do miss home, though. Amen. I miss Truth Church of Denison. And they are just concluding service, and we're just starting service. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to hurry and get into the Word of the Lord. I understand that I am the only thing that stands between you and your holiday weekend, so I want us to get into the Word of the Lord today. Exodus chapter 16 is where we'll be turning this morning. And I give honor to your pastor, to your executive pastor, and all of your staff today. And I would start mentioning all kinds of names of friends and people that are here, all dignitaries. It's an honor to be in your presence today to preach the word of the Lord. Exodus chapter 16, Exodus chapter 16, beginning at verse 15, very familiar verse of scripture. Before I begin, those of you that are wondering what approximately $25,000 looks like, it looks like this right here. Amen. I shaved my head for the calls of Move the Mission. Uh, Amen. I didn't think that through, that I was going to be coming to the sanctuary and into General Conference in a couple of weeks, but uh, that's okay. It's all for us to, uh, to build roads, amen, to buy cars for missionaries. I hope they appreciate it. Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Exodus chapter 16 and verse 15. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, it is manna. Look at your neighbor and say manna. For they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, this is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and more for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tent, in his house. And the children of Israel did so 
and gathered some more and some less. This morning, just for the next little while, if you'll allow me to and give me your attention for a moment, I'm going to preach from this thought. Possess promises. Possess promises. Lord, we thank you so very much for your word today. Thank you so very much for this choir and these praise singers that have ushered us into your presence. And Lord, I ask that you would anoint these lips of clay, Lord, to preach the word of the Lord to every individual that is in this house. And Lord, that our ears and our hearts would be open, Lord, for you to do a work that only you are able to do in us. And Lord, I ask that we would be possessors of our promise when we walk out these doors and get in our cars and go our separate ways in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we're going to be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor that is due unto your name in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him the highest praise? Jesus name and everyone say amen. amen you may be seated possess promises possess promises the book of Exodus begins with stories of how Israel was multiplying and being oppressed by the new king of Egypt in the second verse Of chapter 2, we find both the birth of Moses and subsequent verses tell of his mother hiding him and how the king of Egypt's daughter finds him. Very familiar to most people in the room today, but if you'll just give me some time, I want to help those that maybe do not know the story. Chapter 2 is a very brief overview of Moses' early life, condenses his birth, his upbringing, Early adulthood, his mishaps and handling the things in Egypt and his fleeing and hiding in Midian and his marriage to Sipporah. By the time we get to verse 24 in chapter 2, we find the Israelites mourning under the heavy burden placed on them by Pharaoh. And it talks of God remembering his covenant, very important, with Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. Verse 25 says that God looked upon the children of Israel and it says that he had respect unto them. Other translations say that God acknowledged and decided it was time to act. We got to do something. And so chapter 3 begins with God miraculously speaking through the very popular story in the Word of God, to Moses through the burning bush and calls him to go back to Egypt and to to deliver his people from the bondage of Pharaoh. Verse 7 and 8 very concisely state God's purpose and plan for Moses. God tells him, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people. I've seen all of the things that has happened to them and have heard their cry by the reason of the taskmaster, for I know their sorrow. He knows where they're at. 
And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land unto the good land. Somebody say the good land. The good land and large unto, and it flows. It's got a lot of milk and it's got a lot of honey. That sounds good already. People that like latte, somebody say amen. Milk and honey is flowing in this great and this wonderful land. And verse 14 states some of the most powerful words in Scripture when Moses asked who he is to say that sent him. And God gives him this. He says, I am that I am. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but just that little portion of Scripture gets me excited. Yes, I am that I am has sent you to do the work. tells Moses to tell them, those doubting, those murmuring, those individuals that I am have sent me unto you. In other words, Moses, when they look at you and they say, who sent you? You stuttering, little bitty, tiny sheep herder. What I want you to tell them is, I am sent you. When they say that we need a deliverer that has the answer, all you've got to say is, I am. When they say that you're not the one, yes, you got to say, I know I'm not, but the I am is the one that has sent me. Oh, hallelujah. When they say we need someone powerful enough to break the hold of this oppressor, all you have to speak is, I am. Somebody say, I am. When they tell you we need a commander in chief, to overcome the most powerful military force known in the world at that time, your answer simply has to be, I am. I am has sent me. And God forewarns Moses. I don't know about you, but this would be pretty discouraging to me. I'm the man that's supposed to come and do this. I'm the one that's supposed to deliver this. And God tells him, hey, guess what, buddy? Moses it's not going to be very easy. It's not, you, you, this is not going to be a walk in the park for you. It's not going to be an easy task because not only are you going to have to convince them, you're going to have to convince Pharaoh that you're the guy that's going to do all of this. Oh, somebody say amen. You're going to have to convince the Israelites, but you're going to have to deal with with this Pharaoh guy, and God tells him, I am sure the king of Egypt will not let you go. No. No, it's not going to happen. Not by a mighty hand, the Bible says. Bear with me for a moment. I'm just laying a little foundation. But he also gives him assurance. Moses, my good buddy, don't you worry about old Pharaoh. I'm going to stretch my hand against him and I'm going to get you and my children out of there. He will. Somebody say he will. He will let you go. And so Moses, his faith bolstered by the experience he has had with God, takes his brother Aaron and goes down to meet the elders of Israel to deliver them the message from the Lord. And he meets with the Israelites and he and Aaron, they tell them what's going to happen and they go and they meet Pharaoh and the things, they don't get off to the best start. At best, it's pretty rocky. 
At best, it's pretty, it's not very good. Maybe they're sweating a little bit, wiping their brows and wondering, is this really going to be a good thing? The contest with Pharaoh begins and we read about the rods that are turning into serpents, water turning to blood, frogs descending on the land, God turning dust to lice. We read of the horde of flies. Somebody say yuck. Amen. Of the plague that falls on the cattle of the Egyptians. We read of the ashes causing boils to come upon the Egyptians and the hailstorm. And the locusts and the thick darkness for three solid days. And ultimately the judgment of the firstborn of the land. And when we get to Exodus chapter 13, we find Pharaoh. Now king of a decimated, defeated land full of mourning families. Seemingly admitting defeat under the mighty hand of our God and allowing Moses and the Israelites to exit. Man, it's a grand time. Things are looking up now with wealth, with gladness and joy. They prepare for their journey. Moses takes the bones of Joseph, praise the Lord, with them recalling their remembrance of the prophecy of Joseph. And when he had told them that God will surely visit you. And the Bible says they took their journey. Here they go and they got a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And man, they're excited and they're recognizing and they're realizing that we're going to the promised land. Look at this pillar of fire. Look at this cloud that's going before us. We're going somewhere. We're going to that promised land. We got a place that we're about to go to. I'm so excited. Are you excited about the journey? Are you excited about where we're going? And yes, no doubt they got excited. No doubt they got pumped up about that was what was about to happen. Here they go. Finally, bags are packed. The tents are where they need to be. They're all together. Families are, man, I don't got to work another day. I don't have to worry about all this stuff, what we're about to do. Do you remember what he said? We're going to a land that flows with milk and honey. Hey, buddy, we're going somewhere. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's going to be great. Are you excited about going? And then as they make their journey Bible lets us know that they hit, if you will, that pothole or that bump in the road. There's a problem that comes up in this journey that they're on. They're at the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his army, they're at their heels. They're almost right there, but God, still remembering his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, tells him, fear not. Fear not, sanctuary, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For the Egyptians you have seen today. I mean, think about the excitement. You hear this. You mean these Egyptians are right here. You've seen them today. You shall see them again. No more. No more forever. They're not going to be there anymore. But I, I see the dust. I, I see all the chariots. I see where they're coming from. You shall see them no more. So, man, I, I packed my bags. I got on this journey. I got a little discouraged when I see this big red sea. But now, 
You're telling me that these Egyptians that are on our heels, we will see them no more. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And God tells Moses to stretch forth the rod. We understand. We know this story. Many people in the building do. And he divides the sea. And they walk across on dry land. Pretty exciting, amen? Pretty exciting to know that, man, Jesus fought this battle for us. And they walk across, not on muggy, nasty, gross, muddy land, but they walk across on dry land. I don't know what more you need. I don't know what more convincing that we need as people of God. He took, has anybody ever seen a pond that has started to dry up a little bit? It's nasty. I grew I'm a country boy from Texas, and I grew up with ponds all around me, three of them to be exact. And when the water would recede a little bit, and it didn't matter if it was five or six or seven days, if you got close to the edge, you're going to sink down in it a little bit. But not with God. God gave them dry land to walk on. And I don't know, that convinces me, if you can do this, if you can defy everything that is logical to man, I know you can do anything. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord. If he got us across this place, if he allowed us to get through, we're surely going to the promised land. Oh, somebody say amen. And the angel moved from the front of them to behind them. And the cloud moved with him. And it hid from the Egyptians where they were. And the water stood on the left and the right and they walked across on dry land. And God, he, he's pretty, pretty incredible. He knocks the wheels off of the chariots. And he holds them where they're at. And the sea swallows them up. And they get their tambourine. I wish I had one right now. <laughs> they get their tambourine. And they begin to sing. And they begin to dance. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. And I can just see it. I don't know about you, but they start dancing a little bit. Man, look what Jesus did. Look what he did for us. We almost got destroyed again. We were about to get oppressed again. But no, we're not getting oppressed. Look what he did. He fought our battles for us. And they dance and they shout and they sing about God's power and his might and they dance and they sing and they sing about God's power and his might, his strength, his ability and they continue on and they're excited about what God did and they dance and they sing and they shout and they say we got victory and it's we've been delivered and we're going to that promised land. Somebody say the promised land. Going to the promised land. And 12 Measly, I'm not discounting the word of God. I'm not saying the word of God's measly. I'm just saying 12 little bitty verses later. They're murmuring. They're murmuring against the Lord. And God's response is to send them another miracle. Are you joking me? I got you delivered from the oppressor. You got to the pothole in the road and I divided everything for you to walk across on dry land to just assure you once again, I got your back. I am there for you. I'm not against you, but I'm for you. 
And here we are 12 verses later in our Bibles. They're murmuring against the Lord. And God's response is to once again give them a miracle if they couldn't be convinced already that God can do anything. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I don't know where you are right now. But I'm here to tell you God can do anything. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, let it get in your spirit. I'm here, one standing flat-footed. I know God can do anything. When I look at my wife, God can do anything. You don't have to convince me. You don't have to give me another scripture. I know God can do anything. But here they are murmuring. And here's God being God. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You're, you're my people. I love you. And so another miracle. And to state their hunger, sustain their hunger rather, God literally allows bread. Lambert's bread is falling out of the heavens. St. Louis Bread Company, early in the morning, I can smell it right now, begins to fall out of the heavens. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, if you will, he provides for them. Here it is, and he gives it to them, and they go and they partake, and it's for their household, and man, they love it. He loves them, and he remembers his covenant with them. Throughout the remainder of the book of Exodus and then Leviticus, we read so many amazing things. We read about God's glory on the mountain. Oh, hallelujah. About God's finger writing the law on the tablets of stone. We read about God's majesty. We receive the law. We receive the plan of the tabernacle and the tools and all that they represent. We read of God seeking Oh, hallelujah. The contribution of the Israelites. Hey, why don't you help me out with this tabernacle and how the glory cloud descended and engulfed them on the day of its dedication. Pretty amazing things begin to happen and intertwined with these miracles and these visitations and successes, if you will. We read of idolatry. Wait a minute. Idolatry? God's done everything for them. God has provided for them. But we read about idolatry and rebellion and stiff-necked people and stubborn wills and hearts that still linger. I want to go back there. It was better over there. But all of that is overshadowed by the miraculous and by the ultimate goal that God has in mind. A great land. Oh, somebody say a great land. A great land. A large land flowing with milk and honey. And awaiting their arrival and waiting on them to come and possess the land. Get a hold of what God has promised them. It's where we find ourselves. We get to numbers. And they are finally there. They are finally on that threshold, if you will. They've walked to the door. Their hand is on the door. They're stepping at the threshold. They're about to walk across and go in to the promised land. Man, it's exciting. What do you mean? Oh, man, we're finally here. We've made the journey. They're at the threshold of the promised land. And just a day now, we're going forth to possess this land. It's going to happen. 
It's going to take place. Trust me, there has been a lot of ups and there's been a lot of downs. There's been a lot of victories and a lot of defeats. Moses has been frustrated at the people and God has been frustrated with them as well. Getting ready to possess the land. Here they are. And so, as they make their preparations, they send two spies. Most of you in the building, you know this scripture, you know about this. But they send these two spies to scope out the land, to see what it's like. And they come back. Anybody ever had, I don't know about here in uh, St. Louis area, but anybody ever, ha- ever had those uh, cotton candy grapes? Anybody ever had them? Them babies are good, ain't they? Pardon my grammar. But they're good. They're bringing back cotton candy grapes. It doesn't say that in the scripture. Brother Norris, whoever else is in here, don't beat me up. It's just cotton candy grapes. Here they are. And they say, this is surely the land where you sent us. And surely it flows with milk and honey and fruit. Cotton candy grapes are right there. And they're excited about it. And they show them this cluster of grapes and they let them see it. And man, it's really good. And I don't know how it all went out, but it went down, but most likely somebody tasted a grape. Oh man, that's good. That's wonderful. But then I'm I'm talking, they're right here. We're getting ready to go in. We are literally half in, here we are. We're almost here. And man, that grape is absolutely wonderful. I can't wait. There's more fruit. There's milk and honey besides what you brought us back, Spice. Man, I cannot wait. Here we are. But that word. Nevertheless, they begin to tell them why they cannot possess the promise. Why we can't have the promise. And Brother Caleb Caleb and Joshua, they're they're probably over there. And they're like, no, 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 shh. Shut your mouth. We can. This is awesome. Do you remember this is what God promised us that we could have? Do you remember that this is where we've been going? We camped everything. We got everything. And finally, finally we're here. We can do this. And they're probably, I don't know, they're probably waving their hands saying, no, no, no. Pick me. Let me talk about something right now. God's about to do something. We're about to go into our promise. Kicking and screaming and they're bucking and they're snorting and shouting and fighting. And they want a chance to be heard. They're doing their best to remind them all of the fire. They're trying to remind them every night we had fire. and They're trying to remind them the cloud was there. Do you remember that? Do you recall the Red Sea? Do you remember we're standing there looking at this impossibility and we see the dust cloud of of chariots and Pharaoh are coming after us? Do you remember what happened? There's no doubt they're wanting to be heard. They're wanting to be told about I want to be able to tell somebody about Jehovah. Jehovah fought our battle for us. Jehovah took us across. No doubt they're looking all over the place. Where's that tambourine? If we could have a tambourine, we could tell people we're getting there. Maybe. Maybe. They'll listen to us. But no. That's not what happened. And because of these Israelites' doubt... Because of their stubbornness and their unbelief, there's walled cities and there's giants. Instead of possessing that great land, somebody say that great land. Somebody say that promised land. 
Instead of possessing that great promised land, they wander in the wilderness. Hobson for the next 40 years. Wandering, going all around. For four, I'm not saying four days, for 40 years. God promised them. God showed them over and over and over again. You can have this. This is yours. I know you've doubted before, but here I'm letting you cross the Red Sea. I'm killing your enemy. I fought the battle for you. You don't got to do it. What more do they need? But here they are doubting again. And for 40 years, for 40 long years, they wander in the wilderness. And for the entire 40 years, they go out every morning, six days a week, and they gather manna. And for the entire 40 years, they haul the tabernacle around. And the priests dressed in their priestly garments. And the people bring their sacrifices. And the light of, they light the candles. And they put the showbread out. And they do everything that they're supposed to do for all this for 40 years in the wilderness. I looked, and you can do the looking too if you want to. There's no doubt about it. It's the truth. People who stood at the very threshold of what God fully intended for them to possess. People who ran their fingers, no doubt, through the water as they walked past it, walking across the Red Sea, and no doubt seeing uh, Nemo or whatever his name is, looking at the fish. They saw all of this stuff. The people that saw all of this, they saw the glory, and they saw the power, and they saw the thunder, and they felt the earth tremble under the power and fury of God chose every morning six days a week to go pick up manna for the 40 years in the wilderness they decided to do all the rituals and all the religious things rather than stepping out in faith and fighting for possession of their promise they chose to gather manna they chose to partake of manna, sir and ma'am. I don't know why they did it, but they did it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. I understand. Jesus giving you breakfast, lunch, and dinner, sustaining you and giving you manna. Man, that's pretty miraculous. We get excited about the manna. We get excited about it falling from heaven. But can I submit to you on this Sunday morning, that is never what he intended to do. He didn't want them to gather manna for 40 years. He told them, you're to go in the promised land. I got something bigger and better and better for you. Yes, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Millions. Millions of people. He fed them every single day. And indeed, it's wonderful. It's miraculous. But the children of Israel were never destined to gather manna. And while God was gracious and he showed his mercy and allowed his glory to be made manifest in the tabernacle. It was never his intention for four decades of church services to be held in the wilderness. I want you to hear me today. From day one, before Moses ever left the desert and stepped foot in Egypt, God's will, hallelujah, his intent, his destiny was for his children to go into the promised land.
That's what God wanted. That's what God wanted to happen. I want someone to hear me today on this Sunday morning. Hear this preacher from Texas. Hear me as I scream and sweat with my bald head. I'm saying, don't be deceived by the manna. I know you think it's wonderful. I know it's what you think you should have. Yes, church is good. Yes, you're getting a blessing is good. Yes, victory on Sunday morning is great. But I'm not just interested in existing from week to week. We are not just about living for the moment and the mountaintop experience. We want to live for God every day. We are not destined for manna. We are destined for the promised land. I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what it is that you have, have come to and you feel like, man, I'm just going to keep on having good church and I'm just going to keep on living where I'm at, but you're picking up your manna every day. That's not what God called you to do. That's not what God wanted you to do. He wants you to quit gathering manna and start living in the promise that God had for you. He made a promise to you. I preached to the hyphen the past two days. God made a promise and God comes through on his promises. If you believe that, would you shout unto the Lord right now? Would you clap your hands unto the Lord right now? You are destined for manna, sir. You are destined for manna, ma'am. You are destined for the promise that God has for you. It's time to stop gathering manna. And it's time to start living in what God promised that you would be living in. You see... These children of Israel, man, wouldn't it have been wonderful? I know there's a plethora of messages to preach about what happened in the wilderness. We can get excited about that manna. But when you think about it for a moment, our God never intended for you to live without the promise that he told you you were going to live in. Ladies and gentlemen, guests that are in the house, I don't know how long it's been that God gave you a promise. And maybe you've lost hope in that promise. Maybe you were just like the Israelites and faith has been diminished a little bit, but God saying no. No, listen, I promised you a long time ago. I, I wanted to give you something that flows with milk and honey. You were on the brink of it with your con cotton candy grapes. You, were on the, you had the opportunity to walk in, and you have got to walk in the promised land now. Would you stand to your feet all across the building? You may have walked through the wilderness. Hear me, please, right now like I'm preaching to somebody that has a calling on their life and you feel like you feel like that no it's too big for me there's too many walled cities too many giants I can't do it and so you're walking in the wilderness right now you've been walking there for some time so the Holy Ghost wanting to minister to somebody right now and I would just ask that you'd be sensitive to him you may have walked through that wilderness, but you do not have to set up camp. And you do not have to plant roots in that wilderness. God didn't intend you to do that. 
He didn't intend you to go to the concrete company and tell them to bring out some concrete and for you to put some footers down and some plumbing in. And you set up your house in the wilderness. That's not what God did. God's given you a city where you don't got to build the house. God's given you a place that you don't got to do anything. All you got to do is walk in and drink your latte with honey in it. Eat your grapes and your fruit. And allow God to use you for such a time as this. Could I submit to the sanctuary and those that are in this room today that are guests? Don't be deceived by the manna. Don't be satisfied with just a little here and a little there. Don't rest until you fully possess all that God has given you and promised you. Would you close your eyes all across this building? I want you to lift your hands to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They have, may have had to walk through that wilderness. They may have had to stay there for a length of time. But hear me today, God never intended for them to stay there. And God doesn't intend you to stay in the wilderness. You've been walking through a wilderness for the past few months. You've been walking through the wilderness for the few years that you've been here. But God is telling you, today, that's got to stop. Today, that's got to stop. You've got to walk into the promise, and you've got to possess that promise. See, ladies and gentlemen, the point, pretty profound point, if you will, and I'm being facetious, of this message is today that only you and I can stand between. Only you and I can stand between our promise. Just you and I, it's us. Me and you are the only thing that can stand in between the promise that God has given us. So if I could encourage you, don't let your mind stand in between you and your promise. Don't let, I'm going to live like this forever. I'm just going to be satisfied with doing what I'm doing. No, 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 no. If God promised you you were going to be used for such a time as this, I'm preaching to somebody today right now. God told you, I don't care if it was five years, two years, or 20 years ago. God told you that you were going to do greater works than these. That today needs to be the day that you get out of the way and say, God, you promised it, and here I go. You promised it. I'm walking into the promise, land, and I'm going to possess what you have for me. I'm opening these altars right now. I want you to walk to this altar. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter your pedigree. But I want you to make up in your mind. Before I walk out of this building, I will possess the promise that God has given me. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord today. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I encourage you today, don't be deceived by the man. Don't be deceived by the Monday.